He ran with the bulls in Pamplona. He leads men's retreats deep into the wild. We have the original wild man with us today, Mark Hawk from thekingsmen.org. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and joining me today as my adventure guide will be Mark Hawk from thekingsman.org. We have something very strange in common. We both have run with the bulls in Pamplona, and actually we have both done it more than once. So today we're going to talk to you about how wise and prudent we are. But actually, we're very happy to have him as our guest. You know, a lot of the people that listen to our show uh, sometimes refer to as the millennialist generation, this younger demographic, this 18 to 35-year-old zone. Uh, a lot of these guys, we really relate with each other. I call them not the millennialist generation. I call them the MMA generation. They love to watch the octagon. They love to watch the MMA fights. Uh, I remember the first, uh, the first ultimate fight. Uh, all the black belts from my dojo came over to my house and we, uh, we watched the, the, the first MMA fight and we saw Hoist Gracie, uh, do, uh, an arm bar and, and chokehold and take someone out. And I was just, how can anyone win a fight laying on their back? And so, uh, our dojo, which was a ninja dojo actually, and we did do our fair, fair share of grappling. We, uh, we started training in the Gracie style too. And so, you know, I love these young MMA guys and I'm so fortunate because we have a sponsor. I've had a sponsor for many years. I'm one of their original Hall of Fame members, uh, on it, uh, uh, Earth Growing Supplements has been sponsoring for years and now they're helping us sponsor this show. I'm so grateful to them. Uh, if you go to our website, deepadventure.com, you'll see there's a link in there somewhere that where you can click on it for our health supplements with on it. And if you go there, you get a 10% discount. Uh, on most everything there, and they provide us then with a with a sponsorship for our ministry. They have great products. Uh, you can tell how smart I am. That's because I use Alpha Brain. It's a it's a earth growing supplement that has just gone through the the double blind studies and is great for your your uh, cognitive uh, function, your ability to recall, and uh, even it's just it's just an amazing. Uh, uh, blessing to me, but they have all kinds of, we have all kinds of products that are on it. Now we even have Himalayan salt with 84, 84 different, um, minerals. We have really great coffee, by the way. A lot of, um, people that are really into fitness now know the value of having a good cup of coffee before they start to train. Uh, we don't believe in using any chemicals or anything like that. Uh, but we have just a great, uh, great product for the immune system and things like that. So, uh, I'm excited about having on it as our sponsor. And you know who the new original MMA fighter was in the, in the church? St. Nicholas. Yeah, that's right. Santa Claus. St. Nicholas was the first MMA fighter. He was the first guy to take off the big soft gloves and throw a punch. St. Nicholas at the original Nicene Council called by St. Uh, by, um, Constantine, Emperor Constantine, Threw a punch at Arius. Arius is a bad dude. Arius is the guy who really persecuted the church, brought, wreaked havoc in the church at that time. Uh, he promoted uh, that Jesus was not really equal to the Father, that the Son of God was not really equal to the Father. 
And so at one point, St. Nicholas, the original bad Santa Claus, just lost his cool and threw a punch at Arius. I really don't blame him, but it wasn't really cool to do that in a, in a ecumenical council with all his other fellow bishops. So they had to take him and actually put him in jail for the night. And uh, eventually, though, he, he was restored as a bishop. But yeah, the original bad Santa, the original MMA fighter, uh, uh, St. Nicholas, uh, so, you know, we like, we, we aspire to, um, have that same sort of zeal and same, uh, love, uh, for truth, uh, but we just don't want to do it with, by, by, by throwing punches. But it's hard to blame him. You know, the, the church for nearly 300 years have been going through a growing and growing dev- uh, persecution, devastating type of persecution. So many martyrs had died for the belief in, in that Jesus is the Son of God, you know, that he is equal to, to the God, to God and, uh, eternally begotten of the Father. Um, and these martyrs, they're like, they were like the seeds of our faith. They're, they died for us and their, their, uh, love for God and their passion for God, um, were like a great prayer that released great power, uh, into the, into the church. And the church had just been, just been up against the ropes, you know, like an MMA fighter that's up against the, the octagon wall, pinned and, 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 and on its back, but not, people not realizing that, you know what, you plus the Holy Spirit will always win. And so the church seemed to be just pinned down. And then the, the Lord, uh, spoke to Emperor Constantine in a dream that in a, a luminous cross appeared. And he said, by this cross, you will win. Uh, and by him doing that, he solidified, uh, the, the, the empire and he was able to, uh, stop the persecution of Christians. So it's hard. So we in our own faith today, we're so weak willed. Someone says to us, happy holidays. And we are afraid to say Merry Christmas to them because we don't want to offend them. Christians, it's time to take Christmas back. It's time for us to get off our back and stand up. And, and fight the good fight of faith. I don't mean to be in an obnoxious way, but there's nothing. I just remember as a child, everywhere I went, people would just with a gleam in their eyes to say, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Let's be a little bit like the bad Santa. Let's be a little bit like the real Saint Nicholas. Let's take our gloves off just a little bit and let's wish people a Merry Christmas this Christmas. Let's bring, take Christmas back. It is our holiday. It's been taken over by the enemy. It's been taken over by the world. But let's take Christmas back. Let's be a, let's be a little bit like St. Nicholas. And let's wish each other a Merry Christmas. And let's demonstrate what it means to be a true Christian during these holidays. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio and our guest, Mark Hawk from thekingsmen.org. Deep Adventure Radio, where the surf is always up. Deep Adventure Radio has challenged you to accept the wild adventure of God's will. Now, go even deeper with Bear's best-selling book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. In story after story, Bear takes us along as he paddles deep, surfing alongside whales and dolphins and avoiding killer sharks. Bear shares his experiences of the ocean in an intimate and exciting way. We share in his pain, healing through God, and the joy of finding that deep, intimate relationship with Him. As the story unfolds, you'll see how surfing has become the metaphor for the journey toward intimacy with God. Deep in the Wave, a surfing guide to the soul, will stir your own desire to go deeper into your faith. 
Order it today at deepadventure.com for your own faith journey or for someone who needs to go deeper. Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul by Bear Wozniak. Available at deepadventure.com. Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak. Welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. We have as our guest someone who's, uh, I mean, we're probably like blood brothers or something. Uh, we, we, you know, we have such a common heart for uh, calling uh, men, uh, challenging men to go deeper with God. And I, I just really respect Mark Hulk and the, the work he's doing with the kingsmen.org. They do, we do our deep adventure retreats where we, we take guys out on, on adventures and, and then challenge them to go deeper with God. And Mark and his group of people have been doing this for a long time. Uh, the thing that we have in common, too, is that we both run with the bulls in Pamplona. So I don't know what we're going to talk about first, but Mark, welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha, Bear. It's great to be with you and your audience. Yeah, they, they say that in Philadelphia, huh? Aloha. Only because my brother lives in Hawaii do I, do I say that. Oh, and what's your brother's first name again? His first name is Michael. Aloha, Michael. Okay, you know, I was in Boston once, looked all over for the Liberty Bell, but I found <laughs> out it's in uh, it's in Philadelphia. Yeah, you're better off at the Boston Tea Party there. Okay, yeah, I got kind of confused with my with my history. Uh, but And, you know, of course, we love our Rocky Balboa, man. Wasn't that in Philadelphia? Was that in Boston, too? No, he's... <laughs> <laughs> no, we yeah, know. He's on the steps of the Philadelphia Art Museum. Yeah, we love that. But okay, so but let's everybody, all in, all the inquiring minds out there want to know. Uh, we have something in common, and that's the running of the bulls in Pamplona, Spain. What uh, was that? Did you do that on purpose? Were you just kind of passing by and got swept up in the crowd, or how does that even happen to you? Well, you know, uh, you, you haven't lived till you run against an eight hundred pound animal with razor sharp horns that can cut through you like butter. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess at 26, 27, I was uh, looking to just challenge myself and and, uh, and and stay stay in the fight. I guess in my own little way, I was a, a college football player, and I just wanted some adventure. And uh, the Bulls, something my uh, my college roommate wanted to do, and uh, I said, well, let's do it. And we went over there for three days in uh, the turn of the millennium in uh, 2000, and, and uh, we, w- we spent three days running with those, uh, those, those eight wild animals and, and eight steers that run with them, or I guess it's seven and seven, I think. But uh, it, was, it was exhilarating, man. I, I never felt more alive as a man at that time in my life than when I was running against uh, uh, with those animals into that arena. You know, I've, I've um, you know, dropped in on huge surf and jumped out of airplanes and you've been on the on the gridiron i mean i don't know what all the, all the other adventures you've done but i would say that running with the bulls was the most dangerous thing i've ever done because you got zero control right over the bulls and even worse the crowd yeah the crowd the crowd can be even harder to deal with as you as you can recall you know it, it's really um it's really a, a, a crazy thing to do and and they've been doing it for hundreds of years even uh uh, you know, the, the old uh, Hemingway would write about it, you know, and, and you know, how much he enjoyed it. But uh, I guess 14 or 15 people by the time I ran it were, had been killed in that race. And I think the last one prior to me running was an American. So, yeah, it's always uh, the Americans. You, know, you really don't know. Yeah, it's always the Americans. I remember <laughs> the, the day I went, and I can't even remember. I, I've run with them, uh, you know, twice, but on two different occasions, two different years. But um, the first time I went, it was the bloodiest day in the history of Pamplona. There were 32 ambulances and who knows how many 
you know, bodies, but no one at least died. Do you remember Cuervo del Muerta? Is it Cuervo del Muerta? Dead Man's Curve? You remember? As uh, is that the first curve? Yeah, that's where you're running down, and all of the all of the TV cameras are up, uh, shooting down at you. Yeah. So you're running down, and then I you make that hard, that. and you make that yeah. hard right. I do remember. That's the main, and most of the bulls, if it's wet, will slip. That's exactly, yep. and, and you know what? And it's always wet because they hose down those streets uh, because people like you. Let me get, tell us the truth. How much sangria did you have the night before? You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first night, uh, we didn't know what we were doing, uh, the first day, rather. It was a day two of the seven-day festival. So we just kind of showed up, uh, you know, jet-lagged and all, dry, riding down on the TGV from Paris. So you, drove all the way from, you drove all the way from Paris, or are you in a train or a bus? Yeah, or? we were on the train. Yeah, we oh. We were on the train and, and, and ended up there in the morning. That's a long train ride. Yeah. So, so, so no sangria, but we... Uh, we, 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 we tried to be smart about it, and uh, we just put ourselves in the middle of the, of the run because we knew we couldn't run the whole thing in front of the bulls. These bulls run 100 meters in less than, like, six seconds. So you can't outrun these things, and it's an 800-meter uh, you know, race, as you know. So, so we wanted to get into the arena, so we, we positioned ourselves right around that part of the dead man's curve or whatever it's called. Well, all I remember is I rem- – uh, and I, I did the same thing. I, I would drive over – uh, I was. I always go to Bay Ritz. I would go there every year and surf a contest uh, around Bastille Day, and of course that's the same time right. as the running so of the I bulls. Yeah, so we'd come up over the uh, the Pyrenees uh, out of the Basque Country and down into Pamplona, and I would get down there about six in the morning, and everywhere you look, people were drinking sangria, and the streets were just full of every kind of horrible thing, and so those big old guys would come up with their fire hoses and hose off that cobblestone street. And it was so it's so slippery, and then you, and I I kind of scouted the thing out. I'm looking. Okay, there's going to be a doorway here somewhere. I can sneak out if I want to. And there's just nothing. There's no once you're in there, you're running with the bulls. There's you don't have. There's no escape. And I remember coming down towards Dead Man's Curve and have, having seen a picture of the guy before with three bulls, boom, 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 sliding right into him into that corral there where the the TV cameras are. So I thought no matter what I do, I'm going to slow down and take that curve high because, you know, it kind of seemed to fade down to the left and there, all those bulls kind of start scrambling. And, you know, that that is – but, you know, one thing I did that shows you how much smarter I am than you, I didn't run into the arena. I stopped at Hemingway's statue. Did you actually go into the arena? Yeah, each time we ran into the arena, and first time we outran the bulls because we just started too early. We didn't know what we were doing. But the second day and the third day, we let the bulls, you know, we, we were about uh, 200 meters out, and we let the bulls run right beside us. And I'll tell you, there's nothing like a wild bull, black bull. As long as you're not distracting them, they're going to just run right next to you. And uh, everyone's got their newspaper. And yeah. we whipped those things as we were running into the Did arena. Did you do that? Did you hit the bull? Did you do that? Did you have a newspaper and hit the bowl with it? Yeah, well, you got to. You know, we had the white outfit and the red uh, sash. Yeah, and, I, yeah, uh, it's it's hilarious because you get you get in there and you go, "What are all these waiters doing here?" You know, everyone's wearing white outfits with red <laughs> sashes. You know, yeah, yeah. you're really an out, you're really an eyesore if you don't if you're not wearing uh, all that stuff. So we wanted to fit right in. You know. Yeah, well, I'm sure you. You know, I don't know what I know. I'm blonde hair and blue eyed. I fit right in there with all of the. The, the Spanish people down there. You know there what's in so Pamplona. great about it, Bear, is there's people from all over the world, guys from Australia, from Canada, of course, the, the Spanish 
and Europeans, but uh, you meet a ton of people that are just there to uh, to experience something that's been going on. I mean, this is a tradition that started when they would just move the cows at, uh, of the steers at night you know, so they wouldn't wake the people. And then it evolved into this tradition, this festival, this San Fermin Festival, which has become, uh, you know, so popular and yet, and yet, so cutthroat, so dangerous, and uh, and yet people continue by the droves, keep coming in uh, every year for the festival, and it's uh, it's amazing. I and mean, the, and as, the, as far as I was concerned, it was a great one of the greatest adventures I've ever done. Oh, me too. And it, it you know lasts such a short. I mean, I I'm not a good runner. Man, could I <laughs> run on that day, you know? But I, I'll tell you what, I was just writing, and my my next book is called Deep Virtue: The Way of the Hero, and I was talking about the virtue of prudence. And how prudence, you really don't need prudence mm. if you're just going to sit on the couch and do nothing. Mm. All you need is a foot rest. The only reason you need the virtue of prudence if you, is if you're going to do something bold. Otherwise, you don't need it. Mm. In other words, but, and so, so I would say that some people might argue that I, have, I was very imprudent when I ran with the bulls. And they're right. But uh, the one thing I did do is I looked for the guy wearing Nikes. I thought, I'm going to find someone a local person who looks like they're taking this seriously because everybody else was drunk out of their minds because no one would do that if they weren't, you know. And I was like you. I arrived early. I, hadn't, I didn't drink anything, of course, but, but I found the guy with the Nike shoes. So I'd say that's the most prudent thing I did is I, I stuck close to that guy. And he said, don't run. Well, you, know, you know, there is yeah. prudence in the race because, um, you know, you can either put yourself in front of the bull's horns or you can run to the side of them. And they say, that, as, as the Spanish would say, that the, the sign of your courage is to uh, is to put yourself in front of the horns, but I think it's a sign of stupidity. So I'm down to the sign of uh, of the bulls. <laughs> yeah, so I exercise prudence. But it's hard right because those bulls, those bulls, you don't know where they're going to go. You know, they're just all over the place. But yeah, right. yeah so I I know I, I this guy said to me, okay, don't run until you see the bulls. Otherwise, you're just running away from them. And so what I did is I I, uh, yeah, okay. I waited for his signal, and I'm looking. I look back. I see. You know how you see the horns bouncing over? They're so tall mm-hmm. that they're taller than the people. And you see them coming, and I'm waiting for his signal. And I look back, and he's already shot down the road about a hundred yards. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm running like crazy yeah. to try to catch up. But my wisdom was that I did not go in that arena. That's just in, insane. In well, there. I'll tell you one story, Bear, and I'll, I'll see if this is true for you. So our last day running with the bulls, and getting in the arena is pretty special too, but our last day, we're there and we're running with a guy who had been running for years, and he was telling us, he was an American guy, and he says, you know, you're not ready to run with the bulls uh, unless, you, you, you know, you have no ability to have spittle come out of your mouth, and you got this cotton mouth, right? And he, he checked us both, he says, uh, let me see. Let me see where, where you guys are. And I, I had, like, major cotton mouth. I couldn't, I couldn't spit out. In other anything. words, you were so nervous, right? And he said, you guys are ready to run with the bulls. So it's really that nervous anticipation. That that was that, I don't know if that was something that was true for you. Well, let me, well here's, what I, here's my test. When someone's talking to me about skydiving, I just kind of made this test up myself. I go, you know, because in Hawaii, people, what should we do in Hawaii? And I go, well, you want to go skydiving? They go, sure, well, let's go skydiving. And they all talk story like they're going to do it. And so then after a few minutes, I describe it a little bit. Then I say, let me feel your hands. And if their hands are a little bit clammy, then I know they're taking it seriously and they're going to do it. So it's kind of a similar test, I guess. So, um, yeah. So, uh, so, so, so having uh, done something like that, when you're done doing something like that, don't you feel like you could just conquer the world? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, when we ran into the arena and you, and you see, you see that all play out and, and the, and all the bulls come in and corral, they let out a, um, 
they let out uh, a little bull, and they tape up its horns. And the little bull runs around the arena, and and all that all the runners that make it into the arena are just in the arena, smacking around this bull. I'll tell you when when I was doing that, this bull got me uh, in a position where I couldn't go anywhere, and he flipped me. He flipped me uh, head over teacups, right? And I'll tell you when I got up, I felt like the the greatest thing had just happened to me. Like I survived that. I can I lived a you know, to speak another day, right? I got flipped by a bull, even though it was a baby bull. Uh, I still got flipped by a bull. And I'll tell you, it was just kind of just dealing with that fear and overcoming yeah. some of that fear that I had of just, you know, you know, even even a bull touching you. Uh, it propelled me to just to just approach different things in life in a different way. That, hey, you know, I, there's nothing I can't do here. And I, so that, that really set the stage for, for the next chapters in my life. But I didn't know it at the time. Well, you know, um, you call those baby bulls. So those bulls in the arena, even though they're not the big steers, the bullfighters are going to fight. Those aren't those aren't little babies. Those things are those things are gnarly. And you know, there is, you're right. There is no there is nothing more refreshing than dodging a bullet. But you know, I used to surf Waimea. I'm 61 now. I don't paddle out there anymore. It's you know, 24 foot plus uh, before it even breaks. And I used to have a lot of trepidation until I had my first wipeout and survived it. So I so I know what you mean, and so you know that that's a kind of a you know um, a lesson in life too. Uh, mm-hmm. And we want to get start. We want to talk just a little bit, Mark, about um, just just to um, open up the dialogue before our break about your walk sure. with the Lord. You know, you were uh, you were raised a Catholic, uh, but none of us, you know, God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. Each of us have to kind of go through that personal time of of conversion. Uh, can you kind of start us on along that path in your life? Sure. Well, you know, raised cradle Catholic, as you said, and uh, 22 years of uh, private Catholic education, I really didn't know what it meant to be a Catholic. I mean, my my parents believed in in Catholic education, and 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 we had good, you know, academics, and you know, we had the nuns, you know, the Sisters of Mercy, and you know, though they seem merciless at times, uh, you know, we kind of grew up though, really just not claiming the faith of our own and just kind of just accepting that this is what you do. And then as a young man, whether you're questioning or not, uh, you go through this time where you just, you know, you have to decide, uh, is this faith going to be mine? Am I going to claim this for myself? And it wasn't until I was dealing with my own sinfulness and the own darkness of my, of my own choices that I start to see that the faith actually had something to offer me as a man. And, uh, you know, with my dad's death, which we can get into, um, you know, I, I, I found I, I was on a journey that would be about 12 years of discovering healing and, and the great gift of my Catholic faith to bring me to a fullness of virtue in my life and, uh, and to my vocation and holiness. And, and but I didn't know that as a young boy, and I wasn't really taught that. And I don't even know how you teach that personally. I think you have to experience it. And well, that's why these deep adventures and the things we're talking about are so profound. Yeah, it's almost more like it's caught, not taught. And you have to be around, uh, you know, like they say, uh, iron sharpens iron. You know, you need to um, right. experience that with other men. But you kind of went through a, we only have another minute before a break, but you kind of went through a real dark time. You said you lost your father, but that was when you were really young. Yeah, he died when I was 11. In fact, he was buried on my 12th birthday, which was uh, a tough thing, but uh, I always I always took a great uh, sense of uh, honor that he was buried on my birthday. But but a, a 12 years of age is a real critical age in the masculine journey, and I didn't know it, but you really need a man, and I was the youngest of four kids, 
to really confirm a boy and, and, and initiate him into manhood and bring him into these truths about himself and his sexuality and all those things that a boy's dealing with. And he really needs to be there to calm him down. And guess what? My dad wasn't. And the Lord was there for me in time, but I didn't know it as a teenager. Wow, that's, a he- that, that's pretty heavy. And you know, the other thing you see, too, uh, you're talking about the, the need for men. So many men are raised in households. Uh, where there is no man. In fact, they're often raised, young men are raised in a household where the woman has been betrayed time and time again by men, and so she's become a man-hater. And then you have a young boy growing up, and, 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 and he's feeling these, the sense of his masculinity, and he, and he, and he has to even, he, he, he almost like has to hate himself and, and deal with all that. And so this is the ministry, we'll talk more when we get back from the break, that Mark Houck and his group, the kingsmen.org do, do these out into the wild adventures which is just that's what we love here too on our radio show so we're going to be right back this is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio we'll be back in just a few moments Deep Adventure Radio going deeper into the heart of God Next time on The Journey Home, Marcus's guest is former Protestant Rit Leslie. He'll share his testimony of conversion to the Catholic faith. See how the Holy Spirit led him to a call in the Catholic Church on the next Journey Home, only on EWTN. The Journey Home is seen and heard around the world on EWTN. For dates and times in your area, log on to EWTN.com. You're listening to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, the boldest hour of radio in the history of the world. Be courageous and take your relationship with God to the next level. Check out our website at deepadventure.com. You can sign up for fellow adventurer Bear's weekly email. Go deeper in faith with Deep Virtue Blog. Order Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. And follow Bear as he takes you on a radical adventure through calm tides, monster waves, and the powerful presence of God. At DeepAdventure.com, you can journey with Bear on his travels, find out how to bring him to your parish or men's conference, and accept the challenge of an intimate relationship with God. Tackle the deepest part of yourself by signing up for our Deep Adventure Quest retreats. The most radical thing you can do is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Find out more at deepadventure.com. In December, EWTN is offering the EWTN Prayer Journal, which is perfect for recording your thoughts and personal prayers, and also includes inspiring quotes from Mother Angelica. Please send a $25 donation or more to EWTN, 5817 Old Leeds Road, Irondale, Alabama, 35210, or call 205-795-5777. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak. You can find me at deepadventure.com. The other night, I woke up from just this incredible dream. I was surfing my way down the face of a glassy, perfect wave. It wasn't 20 feet, it wasn't 40 feet, it wasn't 50 feet. I can't even tell you how big this wave was, but I was very well aware in my dream that I was surfing a wave in heaven. We need to remind ourselves of the splendor and the wonder and the amazing future that we have awaiting us in heaven. Thomas Aquinas, who I just love his mind, 
wrote so many words, I'll probably never be able to read them all. And if I did, I could probably never comprehend them all. He had the experience of being taken up in a vision or maybe in his spirit to heaven. And when he returned, he stopped writing. He said everything he had written up to that was just straw. Thomas Aquinas never wrote again. He was so struck by the awesomeness of the beatific vision of God and of heaven. God created you. He created me. He created mankind to have relationship with him. He sent his only begotten son to redeem us. He became man so that we could become like him and even partake in his divinity and enjoy the trinity of love. Do you think that God just created us to live in this world and then go to heaven and then just cool our jets up there and play harps? God has a great plan for you. We're going to be living on into eternity. God has a beautiful plan for you, not just here on this earth, but in heaven. We can look forward. I don't even know to what plans God has for you or God has for me, but it's going to be awesome, and we're going to be doing it and living it in his presence. We're going to ride the waves of his glory. Until next time, this is Bear Wozniak. Aloha. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, suffering in paradise for you. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak, your adventure guide at Deep Adventure Radio. We have as our guest someone who's like a kindred spirit to me, he's like a blood brother. We used to do that when we were kids, we would slice our fingers and join blood together and and, uh, we would be like brothers for life and I think Mark... Uh, has that same sort of a spirit that I have. Maybe we are blood brothers, Mark, because we both ran with the bulls in Pamplona. But Mark is, has founded an organization called the Kingsmen.org, and they take men out into the wild. But one of the things men are dealing with, um, Mark, is this uh, this kind of rite of passage and this and this father wound. Uh, and you kind of had to go through that on your own. T- talk to us about how you went through that and where it brought you to. Sure. Well, when you're when you're 12 years of age, you, you don't even know where where to go. You you don't have a compass for that stuff. Who does? Who who knows how to deal with uh, the privation of of, of, of of no father? So uh, you know you kind of grow up and you, you 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 pour yourself into and for me in my case athletics and and I just sought you know achievement in athletics just to, to kind of fill the void. Uh, not intentionally. It just it just happened naturally. It was just it's just I needed. I needed dad to tell me I was good enough, right? And I didn't have that. And so I went on this hamster wheel of just pursuit of excellence for the sake of just excellence and nothing more than that. And I was just empty at the end of it. You know, I had an opportunity to play professional football, I was scattered by the New England Patriots and the NFL. And you know, here, you know, I thought this would bring fulfillment. All the while, I'm, I'm still going to Mass on Sunday, but I'm just a lukewarm Catholic in the pews and not really understanding, just trying to do, just trying to check it off the checklist because that's what I'm supposed to do. But I didn't know what the Lord had for me, and, and I wouldn't for some time. And so unfortunately, you know, when you're, when you're left kind of pursuing, you know, things to give you joy and peace when, you, when you're so wounded inside, and, and they're not satisfying, boy, you, you find yourself trying a lot of different things to bring uh, peace and joy and solace to your heart. And uh, unfortunately, for a lot of men today, uh, like me, who had a father wound, they self-medicate with a variety of things. Could be drugs, could be alcohol, could be sex, doesn't matter. Uh, the reality is, is I was uh, saturated in sinfulness, and uh, I was 
I was struggling with that. I didn't like it. I didn't like how I felt. I felt dirty. And uh, I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, yet I didn't have any witness to me in my life or any mentor or any person in my peer group that could say, hey, brother, don't do that. That's, you know, do this, you know, or try this. I just kind of was just on my own. And, and, and the Lord just kind of let me kind of question and let me kind of struggle a little bit until I got so disappointed in myself there that I, I knew only one place to get clean with my sinfulness, and that was the sacrament of reconciliation. And so I went. I went to feel better, even if it was just for a moment, about myself. And that's where the Lord began to build me back up again. But that was at the, the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., uh, at Catholic University at the end of my uh, time as, as an undergraduate there. You know, and I, I, I've described skydiving as, as um, the closest thing to confession. Because when you jump out of that airplane, it's just pure oxygen going through your body. You don't even need to breathe. And you feel like you just, I mean, it, it, it's scary to go into the confessional. Do you agree? You're kind of sitting out there kind of worried, right? And then you walk in there and you just, it's just like just all this burden. It's just a, a beautiful gift, uh, the sacrament of reconciliation. You walk out and you just feel so clean inside. Did that begin a new direction, a new trajectory for you? Or what happened after that? Well, it did for the moment, right? I mean, it was it's the antidote, right? So, so you know, it, it, it's not something that, uh, you know, you, you change your life in an instant. I wish, it could, I wish it did. I felt better. I felt better about myself, and at least I had the source. I knew where the source was. But I, unfortunately, I went back to the, to the, the old man, right? I, I was still that guy. And I hadn't made any interior changes in my life. I hadn't made any different choices. All I was doing was managing my sin by going to confession. So I don't. I would say that it didn't get better. Uh, it got worse, and the Lord allowed it to get worse because it kept drawing me closer to Him. And this is the great paradox of sinfulness, as I learned in my life, that God will even use my own sin, our sin, to draw Him closer, uh, draw us closer to Him. And so sin becomes a great blessing in our life. Not that God wants us to sin. But God, if we're disposed properly to it, can use it for great good. And so in my case, my own habitual sins were drawing me deeper to, in love with Jesus and, and, and a greater need in my life for him. And so I was on my knees more because the more I struggled, the more the more the darker it got, the more I recognized I needed I needed a savior. I needed I needed grace. And so I would say for about six years after that confessional moment, to about 27 years of age, I was on a frequent cycle of medication, if you will, of the sacrament of reconciliation, uh, uh, you know, sin management. But the more I went, the more graces I stored up. It was like it was like practice, right? The more you practiced, the stronger you got. The more you lifted, the stronger you got. I was lifting my my faith, my spiritual faith, working out. That is so powerful. That's just a, that, that's a. That's just a powerful statement. And I've learned, too, in my own life, it's one thing to try to, you know, the, the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee and don't give occasion to, to sin. In other words, there's certain maybe uh, sites on the Internet or bars that you shouldn't go to and things like that. But the greatest uh, overcoming uh, experience that I have had in my life is to increase my desire for God. When you increase your desire for God, the, the other things gradually fade away because you don't want anything to come mm -hmm. between you and this incredible um, 
relationship with God. So at some point then you uh, you had a, a deeper conversion experience, it sounds like. Oh, indeed. Indeed. And I, I started to connect the dots. You know, we talked about the father wound. Like, you know, all my all my bad behaviors were were not being helped by more prayer and, and more spiritual things because I hadn't connected the dots. And I think this is the main struggle for men today. In my work with men the last 10 years, most men compartmentalize their past traumas and pains and hurts, right? So, so go back to when Dad died, right? I was longing for, for healing from that until I started to pray. And in fact, I stumbled upon um, you know, the scriptures uh, Holy Thursday when Philip said to Jesus, Jesus, show us the Father, right? This is Jesus about to enter his passion, and he says, show us the Father. And Jesus says, Philip, I've been with you this whole time. Don't you know when you see me, you've seen the Father? And so I read that, and it was like a light bulb moment. I've heard it many times, and I, but it just never connected. I said, okay, the Father and Jesus are one. This is the Trinity, one God, one God, three persons, right? The Father and Jesus are one. So I said, okay, Jesus, I want the adoration. I said, Jesus, if that's what you say, is tr- if you say that's true, then father me. And I looked right at him in, in, in adoration. I said, father me, because I'm hurting. And so I knew I needed people to father me. So he did. He started bringing men into my life that would mentor me, older men, you know, guys my age that would mentor me, uh, guys like yourself that were that out there that, that had something to offer. And I would listen to these men, and I'd sit at their feet you know, figuratively speaking, and I'd, I'd allow them to teach me and, and talk to me and, and love me in, in the way that only a father can love a, a son. And so God used my prayer to bring me to great healing. And it wasn't until I did that there that I start to find real freedom from my habitual sins. And I could go to confess, I could stay on that hamster wheel. But I had breakthrough moments when I started to go deep into that father wound, because that's the place of the healing, right? You know, the place of the wound is the place of the healing, and I recognized very quickly that I needed to invite Christ into that place. And when I did that, that's when things really started to change for me, and true conversion uh, came about, and I started to live a life of virtue. And then it was about another, um, I would say, another uh, two or three years before I, I claimed that victory over those habitual pesky sins and entered into this uh, this freedom, which I now have. But then i got other problems that come with it. But <laughs> i got pride and vanity issues I'm still dealing with. But the point of the matter is, is the, 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 the pesky, you know, frustrating stuff of the sinfulness in our life, uh, I was rid of that. I was rid of those, those, those things that Satan was just trying to pull me down with. And now I can really focus on the true man, who I really was, and my relationship with Christ. You know, it's true, I think, for men uh, that are listening right now to us that some of you out there have kind of come to an end of yourself. You've kind of tried it on your own, and you just can't seem to get past certain uh, sins or challenges in your life. Um, it's at that point when you've come to an end of yourself where you really can find Jesus. Because it's, it's where deep is calling to deep where the waterfalls roar, the Holy Spirit says. That's where you will hear the still small voice. And it's hard to crack that hard outer shell that we men have. And so sometimes uh, Jesus said, Woe to the man on whom the rock falls, he'll be crushed. Before that he said, But blessed is the man who falls on the rock, for he shall be broken. If you're a broken man right now, or a broken woman, or a broken young man or young woman, be grateful. 
because that's where God can meet you. That's where God can change your life. He's always standing out the door. He is always knocking. He is always gazing at you. He's just waiting for you to turn and return the gaze back to him. He's always saying, I love you. He's waiting for you to say, I love you too, God. We're talking with our, our good friend Mark Houck from thekingsmen.org. We'll be right back after this break. This is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio. Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God. EWTN is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If your cable or satellite provider doesn't carry EWTN's full programming lineup, give them a call and let them know you would like to receive EWTN 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. For more information, go to EWTN.com and click on Television. Deep Adventure Radio has challenged you to accept the wild adventure of God's will. Now, go even deeper with Bear's best-selling book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. In story after story, Bear takes us along as he paddles deep, surfing alongside whales and dolphins and avoiding killer sharks. Bear shares his experiences of the ocean in an intimate and exciting way. We share in his pain, healing through God, and the joy of finding that deep, intimate relationship with him. As the story unfolds, you'll see how surfing has become the metaphor for the journey toward intimacy with God. Deep in the Wave, a surfing guide to the soul will stir your own desire to go deeper into your faith. Order it today at deepadventure.com for your own faith journey or for someone who needs to go deeper. Deep in the Wave, a surfing guide to the soul by Bear Wozniak. Available at deepadventure.com. Check out what's online now at EWTN.com. Click on the EWTN Prime link on our homepage for EWTN's new primetime lineup. Updates on shows like EWTN Live and classic episodes of Mother Angelica Live are online now at EWTN.com. Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha. Welcome back. Deep Adventure Radio. Uh, I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. I have another adventure guide with us on this show today, Mark Hauk from thekingsmen.org. And uh, they do something that's just really radical, something that I think everyone should at least check out and perhaps uh, participate in. Mark, you have these into the wild. Uh, do you call them a retreat or what are they? Yeah, it's a, it's a men's retreat, but it, you know, like your retreat, uh, Bear, it's, uh, it's an outdoor experiential adventure, right? It's four days, three nights, but, uh, yeah, we, we qualify like a retreat, uh, but I think it's much more than that. It, well, describe it to us. What ha- so if I show up on one of these retreats, what's gonna, what, 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 what can I expect? Well, first, we'd love to have you and certainly love to be a part of one of yours, too. But, uh, Into the Wild is, is, combines the best things that the King's men have learned in the last 10 years uh, about men. And so we've tried to put it all together on a one dynamic weekend where guys can come together in the wilderness of God's creation, right, and, and discover something about themselves, discover about 
what it means to be an authentic Catholic man, to be a leader, protector, provider. So the weekend is designed to give men skills and confidence to be a better leader, protector, provider. And so we do that through a variety of experiential activities in the wilderness, and we tie in the sacramental life of the church, and, and we and we wow men with our brotherhood and our service, and uh, and and we give an executive chef, and uh, it, it combines for a powerful encounter with Christ uh, on His mountaintop. So that's that's it in a nutshell. Well, we call it getting out of the comfort zone and into the danger zone, and we have our our sure. creed at Deep Adventure is the most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wildness of God's will. God is a wild man. Don't mess with him. You know, don't you look just look at the fire in a in a in a in a burning star. Look at the universe. Look at how powerful everything is. God gets to do whatever he wants. God God's will is is always um is always uh going to prevail. And so but the exciting thing is that he's invited us to be a part of his will. And we can, you know, when I think about dropping into a big wave, paddling into a big wave, there's a point when I totally have to abandon myself to that wave. When I get to that free fall point, I'm abandoned to that wave. And then I get to harness or, or participate in the power of that wave and experience something I could never do on my own. And so wow. we, we, so we just really challenge men. This going into the wild, there's a part of God that's John the Baptist like, you know, you talked about him earlier. Uh, on another segment that we did, but you know, there's that that John the Baptist uh, part of yeah, each it's, man. It's in, it's in our nature, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, man is, is was put in the wild, right? And Adam, and 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 it's just it's in our nature. You know, the, Jesus is is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is a wild man. He's a dangerous man. You know, that's why they killed him, right? So there's something about living dangerously, living on the edge, living. Living for Christ that is an adventure that, that is going to take you to places that are not safe always, right? That's, that's Christ, you know? So, so we on, on these weekends, like you and the work that you do, great work that you do, try to give men a taste of that, you know? Because only Christ is, is the only one that could take them on the real adventure. But what we can give them a taste of that through brotherhood and through, through um, experiences like dropping down in a, in a wave, but we do that in the outdoor wilderness by by building fires, by building a church in the outdoors, by taking a compass, going through God's creation and trying to find uh, you know contact points, and we fish and uh, and we build uh, we we actually uh, do our own outdoor cooking. So we let guys experience things like this. And it's amazing when guys are bonding, kind of like the old uh, football days, you know, when they're bonding as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's something really special that happens there. Guys don't feel alone anymore, and, and, and they feel like they've done something important. And when a man feels like he's done something important with his life, it gives him great meaning and purpose for the next uh, task that he has. And so, you know, not to... to, to make this weekend more than it actually is it's a three it's a four-day three-night weekend but we want these guys to go home there like you do and and put this into practice to take their faith into action because that's where the real adventure lies yeah you know we always say uh, living on the edge uh you that's the word you used you get your best perspective from the edge the per- perspective from the edge of a mountain you know, on the on the edge of the ocean when people used to come out to hawaii they just kind of come out because they just want to hang out with me and kind of recreate as opposed to recreate you know yeah. not on any official retreat eventually it, i always take them out to the edge of a reef way out the, a finger of a reef that went way out into the ocean i would just have them sit there and 
and write a letter to God, you know, in dialogue with God. But it's true, when we kind of get out of our comfort zone, we can kind of crack open and be open to, like, you know, a new experience. I saw where you guys actually built this really cool altar, you know, out, out, in, the, out in the wilderness. Do you build these and then take them back apart? Or you say you built a church, do you build it and keep it out in the middle of the wood? What, what's the story with building a church? Well, like you know, we're in the state game then, so we've got to be good stewards, right? You know, it's God's creation, so... You know, there's no trace policy. When we go out there, we take the down brush and the down woods, and we don't kill anything that's living, right? We'll, we'll take the down stuff, and we'll let the men get creative, rock, stone, wood, whatever. We'll give them some rope and give them some uh, tools to use, but they come up with it on their own. And then when we're done on Sunday after we have benediction Saturday night and mass on Sunday outside, something like having a mass outside in an outdoor church that you built with your own hands. These guys take it all apart and return it nature the way God had designed it and and so that's a sort of great beauty in that in respecting God's creation um, actually some places that, that are more private retreat centers will let us keep it up because they like it but when we go to state game lands we, we, uh, we have a no trace policy so we have to take it down so what would you say is the the takeaway you know you, you're kind of doing that on the retreat you're building men up on that retreat, you're kind of taking them down and building them up. And then the, right. and what would you say is their takeaway when they, the one or two or three things that they take home with them? Because this isn't just a, this doesn't sound like this is just a spiritual high. This is something that hits the core of their being and they take home with them. That's right. You know, one of the, the takeaways that we have from men is how that they're part of a brotherhood, a band of brothers. And, uh, you know, men run, do best when they run in a pack. They're like a dog, you know, like wolves. And when a wolf gets separated from his pack, he, he, he usually dies, right? But when he's in the pack, he thrives, he survives. And so we want them to know as a takeaway that they're now part of a brotherhood. And, and they can plug into that brotherhood with our small men's groups throughout the country, through other groups that are in the country, that you don't have to be alone. So the biggest witness and takeaway is, hey, you're now part of a brotherhood that are going to be there for you. A lot of these guys come from a remote part of the country by themselves. They don't have a connection at their parish. They don't have any friends. And now they come and they have a hundred men that they can literally call friends and brothers in Christ. And so that's the best takeaway. Not only are they taking away that, but they're taking away uh, authentic uh, Catholic spiritual, masculine spirituality. They've experienced their faith in a masculine modality, and it's been powerful for them, and it's tangible. We've been talking with Mark Hauk from thekingsmen.org, uh, and we talked a little bit about his Into the Wild retreats. I know you have books, and there's DVDs, and there's different programs of healing um, seminars for you know inner healing for men, uh, men. If you're out there, you can go the, go to their website, thekingsmen.org, uh, and you should write to them and say, if there's not a men's group in your parish, start one. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Bear. Thank you. Well, you know what they say That's in Philadelphia, great. Aloha, right? Amen. <laughs> okay, you guys, we'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. Uh, this is Bear Wasn't. Hi, this is Gary Zimek from FollowingTheTruth.com, and when I'm not traveling around the country preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, I listen to Bear Wozniak and Deep Adventure Radio. Surf's Up, real and radical ways to live your faith. This is Jason Jones from IamWholeLife.com and Movie to Movement with this week's Surf's Up segment. 
As we approach the 100th anniversary of World War I, it pays to reflect on this past century. With the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, the start of World War I, the Bolshevik Revolution, the Armenian Genocide, the rise of nationalism, Nazism, fascism, communism, a second world war that was more brutal than the first, concentration camps, gulags, firebombs, total bombing, total war, the dropping of two atomic bombs, the rise of communism in Asia, all the way to our own day with the brutal ethnic cleansing of Christians in the Middle East and the absolute disappearance of Christians in the Nuba Mountains. We look back at the past 100 years and we see the saddest, most bloodiest, bloodiest century in the history of man. What can we do to make sure that our century is a more humane, peaceful century than the last? Well, we're blessed with Catholic social teaching, and five landmarks of Catholic social teaching can be the pillars that provide for the structured, ordered liberty. One, that the human person is made in the image and likeness of God and has an incomparable dignity, beauty, and worth. Two, the transcendent moral order, that there is a law above the laws of man, above the customs of man, that positive law should strive to conform to. Three, subsidiarity, that the further an institution is from the person, the less influence that that institution should have in the life of the person, and most problems should be solved in non-governmental associations like the family and the church. Four, the humane economy, a just social order is grounded in private property set within the common wealth of the family. And five, solidarity, that our personal actions should correspond to the common good. This is Jason Jones with IamWholeLife.com and Movie to Movement. Surf's up, go deep or go home. Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha, welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. You can go to our website, deepadventure.com. Our two-minute deep virtue segments are there that you can click and share with your friends on social media. Very great evangelistic type tool. You can also share our entire shows. And by the way, if you're listening on radio and you're you're just uh, would like to listen to it, maybe when you're at the gym too, <clears throat> during a time when maybe the show isn't on the terrestrial radio stations, you can go to almost any podcast app and you'll find us there. Deep Adventure Radio is on the iTunes iPodcast app, and and Blog Talk Radio has us, and you can listen to us anytime you want to. <clears throat> so you have that freedom. Um, and we'd like to also invite you to <clears throat> go to our website and let's get fit. Let's ha- let's I call it fitness to witness. Christians need to demonstrate the virtues. We need to demonstrate the, the the power of the Holy Spirit. And our bodies are a temple, are the temple of God. And we really uh, are not showing it. We need to take good care of this temple that God has given us. God's given us, <clears throat> you know, beautiful spirit, soul, and body. But we tend to neglect our body. It's we're coming up into this time of season where everyone makes their new year's resolutions go to our website click on the on it tab and we can provide you with a 10 percent discount for all their wonderful earth-growing supplements and coffee and even some of their training gear and they in turn provide us with sponsorship for our ministry so thank you for listening to deep adventure radio we'll be back next week may the breath of the holy spirit aloha you aloha this is deep adventure radio Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio's.